T.C. Mitz, otherwise known as our old friend John Fender, rejoins us this week to talk about the extended special session of the Tennessee legislature. Also talks about Chinese threats to our electric grid and maybe a couple of nicknames you've never heard. My name is Kevin Cookagee, and with my good friend Gary Humble, this is the Freedom Matters Podcast. I didn't realize we started. <laughs> you did now. Wow. Hmm. Oh, come on. I mean, I've heard this before, but that's not that's not a Jerry Lee Lewis, is it? Nope. No, it's nothing like that. Nope. He uh, would have been an influence of this yeah. artist. I mean, it has that sound, but I know it's not him. It's older? No, 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 no. It's not, not older than not that. Old 70s. Mm. My kids would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they don't know this group. Oh no. It's not Hanson, is it? No, no, no. They weren't even born. That's an insult. All right. They weren't even thought of. This is ELO, the Electric Light uh, Orchestra. Yes. Yeah, I, I, ELO was never a thing for me. Jeff Lynn. Oh yeah. my gosh. ELO is like. One of my all-time favorites. Oh, we have a mutual friend that is big into ELO, too. We and, do? Yeah. Um, Derek. Is Derek big into ELO? Yeah. He used to talk about it all the time. He's, just, Derek's I, definitely big into Jeff Lynne, yeah, so that, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. You got something to bring up at the office now. Oh, I, I love ELO. It's it's definitely part of my, <clears throat> what do you call that, uh, soundtrack of life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the reason I started off with that is... I'm over for 2. I feel like I'm on a downward spiral now. Uh, well, what, I, I really thought that I was giving an easy one there. <laughs> Wait, wait. Last week you got... Um, oh, well, that was Richmond, North of Richmond. Yeah, that, that Anthony Oliver. Uh, that Oliver is it that Oliver Anthony? Easy. Anthony Oliver. Oliver, Oliver Anthony. Anthony. That was a given. Uh, he gave that one to you, though. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was <clears throat> I thought today's would be easier. Well, the reason I wanted to start with that is the lyric of that particular song is hold on tight to your dreams, and um, I don't want Americans to lose hope because once again, if we're, if we're looking to hold on to our dreams of the the American dream and to the... Um, the sustenance and continuance of that. We look no further than the great state of what? Tennessee? No. <laughs> I wish. Florida. Florida. Yes. Did you see this? A couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to have um, Mr. Producer there pull it up on the video. Two weeks ago, Ron DeSantis appointed a new state attorney. Remember, he fired Monique Worrell, who was a Soros-appointed attorney, who is not prosecuting crimes. <clears throat> so DeSantis appoints this guy. His name is Andrew Bain. And what I love about what you're going to hear from Andrew is that he's kind of like Oliver Anthony in that he's not, he's not really articulate. He'll stumble over his words, but he is honest and sincere. And within the first minute of his three-minute um, press junket here, he quotes John Calvin, reformed theologian, wow. as to the purpose and necessity of law in oh. restoring order. So let's listen to this. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to first thank the governor for his leadership and trust in my ability to serve the people of the Ninth Circuit. I started my legal career at this office. This is where I learned from great attorneys like the late Pam Davis, Judge Jeff Ashton, Judge Gabrielle Sanders Morsey, and Ryan Williams, amongst other many others. For me, this is a place where John Calvin's second purpose of the law came to life. Second purpose for the law is to restrain on evil. The law in and of itself cannot change the human heart. It can, however, serve to protect the righteous from the unjust. Sadly, instead of protecting the righteous from the unjust, the state attorney's office has allowed lawlessness to take root in our community. My goal as state attorney, I'm sorry, my goals as state attorney are to restore order and restore the faith in the law, restore our public trust, restore our relationship with our fellow partner, justice partners in law enforcement, and to create last longing, sorry, create lasting relationships for local service agencies and nonprofits that are here to help serve our community. 
Prosecutors are responsible for holding criminals accountable for their actions. It's a simple thing. It's a simple job. Legislature told us what our job was in Chapter 27 of our statutes. It's a very simple job. We are here to prosecute crimes and to hold people accountable. Isn't that amazing? So you have it. You have simple law and order rooted in Scripture, right? The law is not meant to change people's hearts, but to restrain evil. Yeah, promote We've good, talked about restrain that. evil. To protect the righteous from the unjust. Mm. And when that happened, this was uh, August 11th, I think, 10th or 11th. Um, I think Steve Dace had a great tweet about it. He said, I wish we could even get pastors to say that. You know, you have to have an attorney, or not an attorney general, a state attorney, um, one of the—he's subordinate to the attorney general— Pretty fantastic, isn't it? And so if we if we want to, that's why I started with hold on tight to your dreams because we do still have these dreams of maintaining American order, and yet we know and our founders understood that we could not have this constitutional order, this community order, without order in the soul, right? Order in the soul, order in the soul is a precondition to order in the community. If you're not right on the inside, you're never going to get it right on the outside. So it was not done with great pomp and circumstance. It was just DeSantis had the opportunity to hire someone, and he hired someone who was uh, properly rooted. So I think that's incredibly encouraging. So you mean Governor DeSantis removed a state's attorney that was not enforcing the law and replaced them with someone who would enforce the law? Pretty simple, huh? It's an incredibly novel concept. I, you know, it's that's what I always struggle with, you know. In Nashville, I mean, especially in Shelby County, where you've got these DAs and folks that just refuse to put criminals in jail. They refuse to prosecute according to the law, and um, nothing happens. I mean, there's all sorts of checks and balances available for these people to be removed from office, and uh, somehow uh, it never seems to happen. So I'm thinking that that should happen. That should be happening on a regular basis, to be quite honest. It's why those checks and balances are there. And that's. That's the way it used to be. Yeah. Right? That was the American dream. That's why we have the American dream, because we had law enforcement and attorneys who prosecuted crimes to protect those of us who were not committing crimes. Mm-hmm. Long, long-time listeners would have recognized the voice potentially by now, but uh, always, oh, yeah, fun to have, always fun to have John back in the studio hey, with us. I'm back. I'm we, glad you opened the show like that, because I was, I, I was wondering if it was the same show. Like, are we still talking about political commentary and, and current <laughs> events or, or are you guys like analyzing ping pong matches now or something i don't know it could have it could have gone sideways <clears throat> i can't i can't analyze ping pong matches <laughs> i can watch them with wonder it's true do you ever those professional or or well, amateur I, well, I it's amazing how fast it is isn't it and they're I, standing like 10 feet from the table yeah yeah, whack, whack, yeah. Whack, whack. Yeah, but it's it's pickleball now though right? oh that's true yeah you would be analyzing mm, pickleball you can matches make now. a lot of money in pickleball uh, can you yeah, oh. they're they're actually selling p- pickleball teams. Doesn't Tom Brady own a part of a pickleball team? Oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. You okay? That's right. plausible. It's we're going to be watching the pickleball draft next. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, before we go further, uh, John Fender, who we gave the name TC Mitts, the celebrated yep. man in the street. Yep. I've learned since since John was last on our program that he has a different nickname. That apparently goes back to high school, right? Uh, it doesn't go quite that far, but... Um, P-Fuzz. P-Fuzz, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. can't say that with a straight face. P-Fuzz. I, uh, somebody came up with it at some point, and there's probably... There was probably alcohol involved. I don't know. I don't remember the situation. But it was a long time ago, and uh, if anyone knows how to spell my last name, it makes sense why it's P-Fuzz. Yes. Yeah. And I apparently th- I misspelled it. I think lots of folks have those... Like silly nicknames that you had at one time. Yeah. You know, what was, what was I'm yours? not going to tell you mine. Oh, that's that not bad? fair. That's not no. how this works. <laughs> <laughs> he says, lots of people I, have I these nicknames, but I'm not going to tell you mine. I didn't come into this with a willing heart. Uh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'm sure Kukuji's got like a good, there's there's a bunch of, yeah, that I'm could try, have spun off into a bunch of things. And I want to tell you some that are that are appropriate, because I did get a lot of inappropriate mm. ones. Um, I, ju- I just got some dumb ones. People say, hey, kook. Yeah. But, um, and they would call my brother and me the two kooks. Yeah, the rest are probably inappropriate. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you mine. Sweet pea. S- sweet pea? 
You mean from Popeye? Yeah, I don't know. That, that's Did you what crawl your grandmother around? called you though, right? <laughs> yeah, and somehow, somehow, I think it was through like a close network of friends. It sort of from from those family conversations, it kind of like spilled over into the friend zone a little bit. So, do they still call you that? No, you sweet, don't have anybody in your meat? life that still calls you that. No. No, wow. thank the Lord. Well, we got no, we, we to start it up. I'm going to make a note I, of this. I effectively shut that down decades ago, and now I've told the world. So. I need like lots of comments left on the podcast, uh, like reviews <laughs> left for Sweet Pea, please. Yeah. Uh, that needs to happen. Yeah, my first name. I used to be called Heavy Keffy when I was two years old. I was apparently fat, so they called Everybody's me. Everybody's fat at two. Heavy Kevy. Well, right. Didn't. I mean, I was also called Muck Muck. No, I can't explain that. I guess I said it a lot, and so okay. they just started calling me Muck Muck. Okay. But w- one gentleman in our life who's no longer with us, he would call me Muck Muck all the time. Hey, Muck Muck, how you doing? So my friends would be like, why is he calling you Muck Muck? All right. Well, on the politics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gary's sitting over there getting fidgety, like, when are we going to move to important topics? I don't need Sweet Pea hanging around too much. That's right. That's right. We don't need to say that again either. <laughs> Regarding the uh, special, special session, session. I, I think all of us would have lost our bets had had, yes. we, had we done a bracket because <clears throat> um, it did not end this week. Uh, apparently, uh, the Senate and the House both have motioned to continue into next week, which is which. Even act- though, yeah, even though Jack Johnson had three different motions to adjourn, right? Three different three different resolutions: Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, and Friday. Yeah, those explain were- that to us. Well, those were in the can, right? Because, again, as I stated, special sessions are never uh, expected to last longer than a week. And so he had three resolutions pre-filed, ready to go for Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, so that whenever they determined they would be done with their business, they could effectually bring up that resolution in closed session. And, you know, he there was an email going around where he, he actually tried to spin that to go along with the call for immediate adjournment. Which is an absolute lie, by the way, and we we called him out on it um, via email because the the reason that the first drafted resolution was for Wednesday was because Wednesday was the first day that a bill could actually pass out of special session because their first floor session was on Monday, and constitutionally, before a bill can pass, that bill has to be read before. Uh, the legislature on three separate occasions. Mm. It has to ha- it has to be brought before what's called third consideration, and the first day they could have done that was Wednesday, which is why that was the first day they had gotcha. said to possibly adjourn. Which means again, getting getting something done, Billy's do something was always baked into the cake. But as it turns out, there's a big standoff now between the. Uh, this is this is basically a pissing match between between, between the Senate and Speaker Cameron Sexton. So thankfully, I will say, the Senate has held steadfast on passing only three bills of, of, of a very limited nature, uh, and four if you count the appropriations bill um, to fund everything that they've passed. And, uh, and that's it. They're done. They've closed all the committees. They're done. The House is really mad about it. They're still debating, I don't know, man, 30 or 40 bills. And uh, there's two or three bills that Speaker Sexton very badly wants to pass. And so this is now a, a literally, I mean, excuse my French, but it, it literally is a pissing match between the Senate and Speaker Cameron Sexton. And that's why we're going to continue spending when you consider the costs of security, running the legislature plus <clears throat> security mm-hmm. upwards of a hundred thousand dollars a day. It's outrageous to hmm. do almost nothing. So what do you think is going to happen next week? I, I don't know. Uh, I know we bet, and we were wrong last week. So, so. I'm not going to bet anymore. <laughs> but our hope is that, and it, and it certainly seems, thanks to the leadership of Chairman Paul Bailey out of Cookville uh, area. I think he's actually in Sparta, but represents um, those counties in, in that area. The committee chairmen have been have held very strong. Uh, they, they are done. They are refusing to reopen those committees. What the Senate's passed is passed, and if Cameron wants to throw a fit about it and keep passing stuff in the House, go for it. The, the Senate, I, I believe, I hope, uh, will hold strong on um, being done with business. But So then as a practical matter, what happens know. What happens next week? The House 
shows up, but the Senate doesn't? No, they'll show up because they're still in session. But but the the House, the, the Senate may just show up and have a floor session and adjourn and go home. Hmm. So because, <clears throat> um, you know, I don't think they're not going to they're not going to pass a motion to adjourn until until they know the House is done with their right. business. So what are these three bills? We should probably talk about them. Uh, pretty simple. One is to um, codify the governor's executive order 100, which uh, simply changes a, 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 a TB, a court uh, mental health adjudication to the TBI reporting requirement from what was 30 days to now three business days. So that's one. And that was an executive order. They're now putting that into law. Uh, the, another one is a, uh, a human trafficking bill. It's, it's again, very simple. It simply would require, uh, the TBI to create an annual report on human trafficking co- uh, crimes in the state of Tennessee, which I, I'm just going to acknowledge is an odd bill because to my knowledge that sort of happens anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, um, <clears throat> that passed and then, um, man, I had this quick off the cuff a couple of days ago. It's going to take me a minute to remember the other one. And then the, and then the fourth bill, that's not really a bill, is just the appropriations bill to fund all of those things. The third one had something to do with autopsies. No, that one did not pass. Oh, okay. So that's, that's one of them that Cameron wants them to pass. That one did not pass out of the Senate hmm. yet. They, that is still laid on the table in a committee that they have sworn they weren't going to Was that pun, yeah, pun I was just going to say, pun intended. Yeah. Laid on a table. <laughs> <laughs> Dead on arrival, autopsies. It just doesn't it strike you as odd. Let's talk about that autopsy bill. What's behind that? I mean, we don't know. It's it's controversial, um, but but essentially the the change that it makes in law, which I have to say, to some degree, seems uncontroversial and reasonable. But when you think about the scope of what we're dealing with right now and some of the records that the public has not been able to access, like the Shooter's Manifesto, you can see how this law especially could play out in the future to, to create some of those same issues. It would say that any minor in the state of Tennessee that, that um, ver- by virtue of a crime or whatever was um, – I don't even know if it re- requires that, there, that a homicide has taken place. But basically that a minor's um, – the records from the uh, coroner's office mm-hmm. or toxicology reports or autopsy records, anything like that is not public record for a minor unless ordered so by a court or unless allowed to be public record by the parents or guardians. Um, was there some that, case? That, I was going to say, is that not already the case? No. No. So mi- minors' autopsy reports can, are public record right now. Yeah, especially when you when you consider it being connected to criminal activity, I believe. But huh? That and would. And here's the the other controversial piece. Um, again, don't quote me on this because I haven't looked this up myself. But this is what I've been told by more than one person. If Tennessee passed this law, we would be the first state in the nation to have really? such a law. Yeah. Huh. So, has there been some event that? Well, well, I mean, certainly this would this yeah. would Im- this could impact the the three children that were killed in the Nashville shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I saw another reporter comment that those all this law is not going to fix that. Those autopsy reports are already out. As a matter, the the press have those reports, and there's no pulling those back. And also, you can't make constitutionally, as you know, you can't make ex post facto yeah, exactly. laws. Right. You can't make something illegal for something you already did previously. So. This would be, you know, moving forward. And, um, yeah, you know, like like in one sense, I get it. But um, but with all the things that, that we're considering right now and the hardship we already have in terms of getting the truth sometimes, I just feel like a bill making anything secret mm-hmm. whenever the general sentiment would be that some sort of knowledge is owed to the public just is, is, a, is, a, is a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, right now. especially when you're talking about, on the other hand, they're passing anti-child trafficking legislation. If a child dies in child trafficking, wouldn't an autopsy be helpful in determining perhaps who the culprit and, is? And if this law passed, that would not be public record. Yeah. So it's it's hmm. it's interesting. 
Um, but, but you don't remember if it has to be tied to a crime. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm I'm pretty. Sh- I can't. Let me not speak on that because I'm I'm okay. I'm unsure. Okay. I'm unsure. Hmm. Beyond that, though, that that's where we are right now. I hope we hold. So no, you know, no gun legend. Oh, I remember the other bill: tax abatement on gun safes. Oh, that's right. So tax free gun safes. You know. Uh, so that that's it. That's all that's happened. No no gun control legislation. Really, no gun legislation at all. Um, you know, so we went into a, a special session, quote unquote, to do something per the governor. Uh, spent almost a hundred thousand dollars a day doing it to do almost nothing. To do what we said all along, there is nothing we're going to consider here that cannot be done mm-hmm. during the normal course of business in twenty twenty four. And um, and that's that's where we are. Is there any part of this special session next week as it continues before it would adjourn that could force the hand of the next legislative session in a particular way? Or can they not connect those two? Not really. And you can't bind future legislatures to anything. Future legislatures have their sole autonomy to repeal any right. any previous measure or pass their own or make their own rules. But aren't we in between a a legislative session, right? Isn't it a two year? Yeah, well, we're yeah we're in the middle of the one hundred thirteenth general assembly. Yeah. So does that rule apply in the middle of a session? Could they bind this legislature? No. Okay. No, because the legislature can always make its own rules. It can change its own rules tomorrow with a two thirds vote. Hmm. Yeah. So that's that's where we are in Tennessee. You know, and you know if if y'all are ready to move on in in other news, I mean, you know our. Uh, Former President Donald J. Trump took a mugshot. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, that was a heck of a mugshot, yeah, too. Yeah, it was a pretty telling mugshot, wasn't it? Somebody sent it to me and said, I wonder if he practiced that for weeks. I think he did, because I think the whole... T- uh, what he did, was it today? I think it was today, actually, when he came back on Twitter. And he came back on Twitter with his mugshot. I was yeah. like, that's a strong move, dude. What well, was... <laughs> oh, I think, so I think he was preparing for that. I he, saw yeah. that, but I didn't... It didn't click. That was his first tweet That was back. his first tweet His back. mugshot. His mugshot. I was like, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. awesome. So, you know, here's an interesting... And, and on the, on that note, yeah, absolutely. You know he practiced that yeah. for weeks. The guy understands media. He was ready. Totally gets it. Oh, yeah. He played it up well, right? Going down the street. There were some... Uh, I shouldn't say it on here because someone will misunderstand that I'm quoting, but did you see the... The people lined up in support of mm-hmm. Trump yeah. on the street and some yep. of their T-shirts, the things. I, that, I did see that. Yeah, and <laughs> I can see why you would not. Want yeah, to quote I'm, that not, one I'm not going to go there. Don't quote that one. <laughs> but I did see that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> However, here's a here's an interesting point. So there were 18 or 19 defendants in Georgia case. 18, right? I thought maybe. Um, one of those is a lawyer, an excellent lawyer by the name of John Eastman. You know that name? Yeah. Oh. Was John is John Eastman? Was he one of the people that were indicted? Yeah. Wow. So, so John Eastman, I first met John Eastman during the IRS scandal. He's a Federalist Society guy. Oh, I yeah. mean, he's he's, he's part a, of every highfalutin legal association. He's, it's he's brilliant. A, he's a really good lawyer, good man. Um, and if you go back to those old um, media hits that I did in 2013, you'll see me sitting next to John Eastman. Hmm. I sat next to him on on Greta Van Susteren's show the day after we testified. John, I think, went, there were six of us that day on January 13th, 2013, or January 4th, 2013. I went first, somebody beside me second. I think John Eastman was the third one. He was just really strong, and he actually was instrumental um, in helping us get that case finally settled to our favor, well, getting the government to apologize for what they did. But yeah, have, have a lot of respect for him. And um, But that shows you the nature of this whole, the, the political communist nature of this whole approach to get someone like John Eastman, who's challenging the law and to suggest that it's criminal to challenge the laws. Yeah. Daunting times. That was, that was basically Trump's statement coming out you know all, all i did was challenge the election i i think it was a fraudulent stolen election but you know has, has stacy abrams not made the same claim as hillary clinton not made the same claim you know and if we live in a a nation where we cannot challenge things that we believe to be untrue or fraudulent what the hell are we doing yeah mm-hmm. it's it's insane yep absolutely insane so uh where do we go from here what happens 
I, I listen to Steve Dace a lot, and uh, Dace has been adamant. He's 100% convinced they're going to put him in jail. Like, he's convinced. And I think some people are thinking, what if, what does that do to, I don't even know constitutionally, I'm not sure. Like, can he still be on the ballot? Yeah. Well, they, they, <clears> unless, they asked that question at the debate the other night. If he gets convicted, would you still support him as the nominee? Yeah. So... That assumes that he could still be the nominee. Hmm. But there's a different issue. So, yes, he could be president from jail, but what the left is trying to do and why I think it's critical, I'm going to find this, um, why it's critical that... Well, you say he can't be president from jail. Yeah, he can be president from jail. He can be elected president. But what's happening, the thing, the danger here is that, um, and I'll read, this is a tweet that actually Russ Vogt put out today. Um, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. He said every single GOP presidential candidate must be forced to say whether or not they support the Democrats' Hail Mary 14th Amendment strategy of booting Trump from the ballot and whether they want it to happen. It's a real threat. It will destroy the country. What I believe is that there are some of these candidates who, despite their public statements, are all too comfortable with what is happening to Trump, hoping that he'll be displaced right the problem is that just means next man up is going to be subject to the same attacks if they think this is about trump then they're sorely mistaken and it's bad for the country yeah but what a what a day to live in we when you officially have a former president of the united states with a mugshot now i mean it's uh the the war that has been waged politically i think is exacerbated itself to levels that I'm not sure. I don't I don't know how you recover from that other than just dismantle the charade that we have of this two-party system cuz again, I I just don't think we actually have one mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Next, PFAS. Yeah. What's been going on in your world that our audience would love to hear? I I this is what I wanted to talk about. Because this is what this is what I think the man on the street wants to talk about. Good, that's, that's what we want. That's what we want to hear. I hear these rumblings and these um, these uh, rumors. I, so I I'm planning a, a trip in December. My my wife turns forty this year. I know what so, you're going to talk so about. Bring big, it on. It's a big four zero. She wants to go somewhere. Well, okay, let's let's do this. She's never been to New York at Christmas time. Okay, let's go to New York at Christmas time. So we're going to New York. But I told her. I, I bought plane tickets and I booked the hotel, but anything and either one of those are cancelable, just fine. But anything else we book, I told her, get trip insurance if they offer it. Because I've heard these rumblings that they're going to try all this same crap again. Yep. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if any of it's reputable, if any of it's like, I don't know where all this is coming from. I don't know what the base of all these rumbles are is. is. So I was curious if you guys had any. Well, first of all. Basis to where all this comes from. The rumbles are true um, because they've come. Well, the rumbles are true because I hear them. Well, what I mean is the and the rumbles are based in true um, information because it's coming from actual people within the government who are whistleblowers mm. saying that they've already gotten copies of memos that this is supposed to take place in mid-September and that Biden is going to pursue it first through the FAA and through TSA, right, through executive branches that he believes he can do without congressional authority. So that's that's the first place we're going to see it with the hope that, you know, People have to travel, and people have to travel for work, so who's going to—they're going to get less resistance, they believe, to that, and then they can work it out from there. However, I did ask—I asked our congressman, Mark Green, and I've asked others on the Hill, what's your response to this? And with unanimity of the people that I've contacted, they said there will be an appropriations fight about this because they are having appropriations fights. And I was given the— confidence now we'll see what happens right but i was told with a lot of confidence and a lot of zeal that our at least our 20 maybe 19 now um who held the ground on the speaker's fight will hold the ground on appropriations to it's tit for tat right if the obama administration 
Well, <laughs> it is, right? It's same thing. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the president's minions insist on trying to take executive action and force mask mandates, that they will not get the money they need for TSA. They will not get the money they need for other elements of the government because the House is doing these appropriations not in a omnibus. They're slowing them down and doing them one at a time. So You're talking about on a state level? No, federal. No, federal level. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So if that is the case from a government standpoint, this is going to be a good test of it, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are they going to do more than just talk about it? I will say, and then I'll let Gary give his opinion, I've also seen a lot more intentionality and desire to resist. Now, whether there is massive resistance remains to be seen, but I have seen a lot of people saying, hell no, I'm not doing this again ever. We must, and that must happen because if that happens, the mandates will fall. But if people just say, oh, well, I guess we got to go along again. I got to get to work. I got to get paid. Then I I have no hope that anybody learned anything last time. Yeah. 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 And, you know, with, with that coming, actually put this back out, uh, yesterday, I believe, and and if I could have uh, producer cue this uh, parody video real quick, it's just it's a, it's a good thirty second clip of audio. Wait, were you prepared for me to talk about this? Like what? No, you had this ready to go. No, he he has no idea what I'm talking about, oh. so he's gonna have to cut this and and fix it later. So so this is a uh, this is a a com- you know we did whenever all this was going on, the Tennessee uh, state of Tennessee spent millions of dollars pushing this propaganda and shaming you into compliance and to wearing masks. So, so we did a little bit of a spoof. Go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. This is the face of compliance. I comply to avoid confrontation. I look like a good person on Facebook. I comply because my friend said so. I comply because I'm owned by my union. I comply because they threatened to close my business. I comply because I hate doing research. <laughs> it's time for all Tennesseans to shut up and comply. And even after you inject the vaccine, we will keep shaming you until you mask up. Comply, because we told you to. And, <laughs> you know, I I want us never, ever, 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 constant reminder that they did this to us in Tennessee. You know, we were not safe from some reprieve. And while the governor did not make any statewide mandates. He set the table and enabled every local tin hat tyrant, mm-hmm. Kevin, your, your phrase you like to use a lot, um, to employ these mandates over us, uh, whether it be through county mayors, whether it be through local boards of health, or whether it be through enabling corporations, uh, which is mainly how this came through our state. And uh, even passed law, but but because of federal funding, our healthcare workers and workers under federal contractors remain subject to those unconstitutional, what has now been deemed those unconstitutional executive orders. So, you know, do I think it could happen again in Tennessee? Sure, it did. It did the first time. But I, but I'll I'll say this: if we do this again, and I see you outside with a mask and all this nonsense, I'm not going to be nice to you. You are you are an enemy to me now. I will laugh at you. I will I will shame you. I am not just going to quietly go by and just pretend that it's just all of our responsibility to do what we think is best. No, you are an idiot and you are walking around literally in action threatening the liberty of myself, mm-hmm. my family and my children because of your willingness to go along with this nonsense and not have any any courage about you it's 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 the revolutionary war it's the tories yep you know i mean it's that's literally where i feel like we are now in society is people who are just willing to they they've given up you know they're just they they've got to go along and do whatever it takes versus folks who really understand that America as we know it is on a precipice of being gone forever. Mm. That's where we are right now. And um, I would implore everyone, you must, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already understand that. But um, but look, do I think Bill Lee and this legislature is stupid enough and impotent enough to allow local leaders and corporations to do this to us again? Absolutely, I do. 
and we'll have to fight like hell to make sure it doesn't happen. Do you think they'll you think they'll go as far as letting a shutdown happen again? I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. Cuz that's that's data that's kind of hard to argue with them how devastating that was to the economy. We thought like, the data was hard to argue back then. We thought the constitution was hard to argue back then. But I, you know, look, do do I give it a 50/50 chance even no. I'm just saying I, I don't I don't put it in the realm of of impossible. Yeah, there because there are other forces at play. There are other carrots dangling or threats, whatever those things are, hanging over their heads that we don't know about, you know? Because remember, <clears throat> behind what appears to be our governing structure is the World Economic Forum and the whole world governance, which seeks every day to destroy American sovereignty. And one of the ways you destroy American sovereignty is to destroy America's economy. So they would love us to shut down, even if there is no data to support it, and to hand out money again like they did, mm -hmm. um, and to destroy the economy, the economy to destroy your wealth, to destroy people's abilities to own property and have assets. Because remember, you will own nothing and what? Right? The rest you'll of that be, you'll, be, you'll happy. be happy. Yeah. That's the, that's the lingo of the World Economic Forum. So clearly... And remember, Bill Gates has been here, what, eight times during this governor's that's, term? That's the estimate that some folks give. Why is Bill Gates in Tennessee? We know what his objectives are. So you've got to believe that that has not been lost on our governor. Um, it's our job to make sure that it's painful for government, right? So they have to put up with our protests. They have to put up with us resisting. And if we resist en masse then their laws mean nothing. I think, I'm still thinking about your, your question and how to answer it. I, I think the, the appropriate answer, or, or the best answer I could give is, it, it's not a matter of the governor or the legislature simply, I, I think this time around, it's not going to be simply not doing something. Yeah. It's going to require a fight against the agenda that is forcing it upon us whether that be global or federal or whatever. And that's what I fear. And so if, if I rephrase the question, do I think we have a, a, a leadership in the legislature and a governor willing to stand up and fight against the powers that be to protect, to protect the liberties of the citizens of Tennessee? Hell no, I do not. Yeah, and, and, that's, and, and that's the fear. Yeah, and that's, that is the problem, Gary. You nailed it on the head because they will – take their hands off and say, we didn't do anything, right? We didn't enforce any mask mandates. Yeah, but you didn't do anything to protect my liberty. It would be like a police officer or someone's robbing your home saying, well, we didn't rob the home. Yeah, but your job is to protect me from the lawless. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. It's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Got it. I hope I'm wrong. I heard it loud and clear. <laughs> hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope I'm wrong too. I, I, I want to be wrong. I will say there's a couple of Penguins games that I bought tickets to in Pittsburgh and I told my family, if those mandates exist, we will drive. I will not live dishonestly. Well, I can't speak for the arena in Pittsburgh, but this building's not going to close down. So, wide nice. open. We'll, we'll still be recording. Exactly. As long as we don't get kicked off of our platforms <laughs> for, for what we may or may not say. Well, during, there's always that. I can't time. control that. Yeah, so. we, can, we, can, we can record. Whether we can release it <laughs> is another thing, different, right? Different thing. Yeah, I fear for where for where we're heading. But I I tell you, I'm I'm more I'm more concerned about uh, people's compliance than I am about what the government may or may not do to us. That's the that's the real struggle. That's the question I have in my mind: is have we all learned enough? You know, is is there enough of us now? Because there wasn't then. So three years later, is there enough of us now to stand up, determined in noncompliance that will never We'll never do this to ourselves again. Because, again, I, I, I stated that back in the day when I was speaking, you know, everywhere, every week. That was that was, that was was my mantra. We're not – they're not taking anything from us. Oh. We're giving it away. Yep. We, are, we are in our compliance. We are willingly giving up our liberties. And so that that's really the thing that I pray we, we do not see again. You're going to see it in California, New York, and in some of these other – I'm hoping – 
that we've done enough in Tennessee that we won't see that here. Mm. We'll see. Mm. What do you want to close with? You want to cl- close with something from the China cabinet? I got plenty of things from the China cabinet. <laughs> sure. Okay. Don't sound so... Th- Thank you. Don't sound so enthusiastic. No. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, let's go. There's always something from China. All right. So I want to talk about the electric grid because, you know, in this hot weather, it's relevant. When I drive around and I see more and more electric cars, like there's um, a Tesla lot over here. Did you ever notice, by the way, on a, have you ever seen the driven by that Tesla lot, which is where yeah. um, uh, Prairie Life Fitness used to be? Yeah. yeah. Did you ever notice... Lights going on and off those cars randomly all the time. Oh no! The lights are blinking. I don't know. If you it drive by that a lot the more batteries than I do. Dead. Yeah. Well, it's, you know. Anyway, I think wow, it's hot, and people worry about losing their electricity from um, the controls that are put in place and power grids during heat waves. Mm-hmm. Well, you that magnifies significantly when you start putting the entire country onto forced electric transportation and mm-hmm. plugging in even more. So I want I want to read this article and it's it's compelling and it's a little overwhelming but let me let me read the highlights about China's threat to the US electric grid. This is from a gentleman by the name of Lawrence Sanford from the American Security Council Foundation. The Chinese Communist Party is a significant cyber threat to the US electrical grid. Other threats from Russia, Iran, North Korea and the assorted terrorist groups exist, but they've all demonstrated their ability to inflict electric grid harm in countries throughout the world. Uh, And of course, the biggest threat to the American grid is us. To quote Pogo from Walt Kelly's famous 1970 cartoon on humans causing pollution, quote, we have met the enemy and he is us. Our U.S. government's multi-trillion dollar mandated green energy transition is taking away resources necessary to upgrade and secure our existing grid and power sources. The results are the fires in Maui and California allegedly caused by downed electric lines. Without electricity, industry stops, hospitals are hampered even with emergency backups, and the military is unable to defend the country. Millions would starve, society would crumble, and chaos would ensue. Listen to this. In 1977, New York City suffered a blackout due to lightning striking a small substation upstate New York that fed into the grid. Riots and looting occurred in many of the poor areas. In 2021, when Texas suffered that major um, power crisis due to the winter storms and everything, Mm -hmm. over 200 people died and economic losses totaled $250 billion. So the main sources of problems or risk to the grid are cyber hacking, Chinese-made electrical infrastructure equipment, EMPs, electromagnetic pulse, open borders, domestic terrorism, and natural disasters. On the hacking alone, CCP is an ongoing component of unrestricted warfare being waged against the U.S. Trillions of dollars in military secrets, industrial technology, intellectual property, etc. have all been stolen from the U.S. through hacking. But the bigger concern to me is the power transformers. So I'm going to focus on this for today, and then we'll talk about it. So power transformers, obviously critical to the transmission of electricity. They're installed at the power plant. They step up the DC voltage so it can be efficiently transmitted down the lines, and then it's stepped back down in order to get to your houses, right? Inverters convert the DC voltage to AC, alternating current, for everyday appliances. In 2019, a 500,000-pound transformer built by a Chinese company, I won't try to say the name, it's too hard, was commandeered by federal authorities after entering the port of Houston. It was trucked to Sandia Labs in New Mexico for analysis. Reportedly, the transformer had built-in backdoor traps that would allow an adversary to shut down the transformer remotely and thus shut down the grid. An estimated 400 Chinese transformers are in, today, in the U.S. grid due to winning bids with the lowest prices. So the United States has imported at least 170 million inverters, and 3 million electricity meters from China. It would only take nine substation failures to bring down the entire U.S. grid. So let's just talk about that because the rest of the article goes on and on. We are at such risk. And by the way, this has been talked about by people concerned about the electric grid for more than a decade, and yet Congress refuses to do anything to secure the grid. 
People don't have any idea how much of their lives is tied to the grid. And China can easily, easily take out the grid and put us at, we would starve slowly, just like with an electric magnet, electromagnetic pulse. Everything you do in life, well, somebody once explained it this way. They say, well, what's the difference? We just go back to, they talk about going back like 100 years to where we would be electrically. Like if, if you had an EMP or if you lost all these um, power from the transformers, it would put us back into the relative dark ages. The problem is, 100 years ago, the population of the country was about mm -hmm. 20% of what it is today, right? Mm -hmm. So we've grown so much and so many more people. People would be starving within a couple of weeks, and you would have massive crime. You'd have all sorts of civil chaos just from turning off the electricity. And we are so at risk at that. And it's, it's maddening that people will not take this seriously. Mm. Well, yeah, because all of our sustenance depends on those supply chains, you know, global and nationwide, which depend on electricity to operate. So, yeah, I've even been thinking about uh, that sort of in conjunction with um, what our friend Thux talked about a while back with mm -hmm. the power outages. What did he in South Africa? Yeah, you know, what do you call what do, what do they call them in South Africa? They're not like brownouts. Uh, they're, they're rolling um, blackouts. Yeah, but he had a different yeah, name. Yeah, but there's a name they it's it's like it's oh. like a nice name. It like it makes them sound like <laughs> it's, it's a it's South Africa. They have a different name for everything. Yeah. But it makes it sound like it's supposed to happen, right? Like you, you should expect called, your power uh, to go out. Oh, load shedding. Load shedding. Load thank shedding. you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Producer. Yeah. We're getting rid of something for you. Yeah. 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 Make it sound good. Yeah, load shedding. I mean, it's just something we have to do, you know, or else it's not gonna be good. I I think, you know, seeing that other countries are already preparing people in, in such a way to live without electricity concerns me. But I've I've also been from the China standpoint, it's not just their the the threats they pose in the homeland, but it's also how much we depend on uh, we, we talked about earlier, I can't remember the, the statistic, was it 95% of all of our medications are manufactured in China? Oh, it's, or, a, it's a high amount. But yeah. you know, our that our that our medications are manufactured by an, an enemy state. Uh, our food. I was thinking about when we had Lance mm -hmm. Ballard in here talking about meat processing. <laughs> processed in China. The fact that we we yeah we send all this meat overseas, process it in China, and send it back. I mean, when you think about the ability China has to attack us if they wanted to, in terms of pharmaceuticals, in terms of our food, and as you're talking here about, you know, our electrical grid, um, it's a dangerous proposition. Um, and and you know whenever. And we've talked about this a few times, but even whenever folks like Congressman Chip Roy, you know, bring up a bill to stop foreign nationals, stop members of the CCP from China from buying uh, real mm -hmm. property in the United States, especially next to military bases, it's like those those warnings aren't taken seriously by the media and by the by the public at large. It it's worse. Not only are they not taken seriously, they are suppressed. All yeah. of that information is suppressed. Um, I'm going to mention something that— Because they, China is an enemy. Yeah. They and, are not a friend of the United States. And f the unfortunate part is only the U.S. government refuses to acknowledge that. Hmm. U.S. government still looks at them as a competitor, a near peer— it's it's absurd, which is all benefits China. China's like, great, you think we're just a, a competitor, a near peer? We'll continue to advance. And they're going to invade ta Taiwan pretty soon. They've done all of the preparation work, and we have no ability to stop it. And that's that's troubling right now. People don't understand, by the way, how much commerce goes through the South China Sea. And, and by the way, talking about electricity, all the semiconductor business. Mm -hmm. Like 90% of our semiconductor business is run through Taiwan. So we couldn't overnight replace that. It would take years. The impact to Americans immediately from China invading and, and taking control of Taiwan is devastating. And it doesn't just change our lives immediately that way, but it changes all the alliances because suddenly Philippines, Australia, um, Vietnam, all of those countries who have been allies recently will then look to China, who's going to put really put the squeeze on them. Our lives will change significantly and at a magnitude that people don't have any understanding and they're just sleeping, not even thinking about this. And that dependence has been strategic because 
when China begins to make these moves, that will allow these politicians to have what they need to convince the American people, well, we must give in to China's demands mm-hmm. because if we don't, here's all the things that will happen and, and, and people will relent. We'll, mm-hmm. We will relinquish piece by piece of our sovereignty so that we can still keep our comforts. Yeah, it's it's um, it can be daunting. If, if I would I would advise everyone to just be prepared. It's good to know first, so you're not caught off guard uh, when things like that happen. Uh, you heard it heard it here first, type of thing. But beyond that, it's really important that you stay close to your family and, of course, stay close to the Lord because uh, He will return and set things right. And we don't mm-hmm. know whether that's tomorrow or a hundred years from now or somewhere in between, but. That's our ultimate hope, and so I'd be remiss to act like our, our hope is in politics or, or world affairs or our military strength or even our liberties. Our hope is in Christ. Mm-hmm. John is coming back on the show everything you hoped it would be. Always. Every time. <laughs> but, but that doesn't actually give us the answer we want. Everything he it's, hoped it would be could be like bad a, or it's good. It's like a mixture of overload of information and, oh, crap, we're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> We can't let it go on a bad note. But I didn't say that was bad. I just that that that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's preparation. It's uh, it is. Maybe it's, all, it's always good to be. Okay, maybe maybe we should close on. So we talked about like what maybe your nickname was in high school or whatever. So what does your wife call you? Do we want to go there? at least appropriately? Yeah. John. Oh. <laughs> well, if I if uh, she really needs my attention, it's it's the full name. It's Jonathan. Oh, okay. That's like a parent though. Well, I mean, didn't yeah. your mom and dad? Did your mom and dad call you by all three names yeah, when you were in trouble? No, I never really got that. No, and never I was got in never. I or? was never John to them. I, my parents have never called me John. Your parents call you P Fuzz? No, well, <laughs> that's a new thing. I've I've made everyone call me P Fuzz now. Okay, what so, what did your parents call you? My, I mean, they named me Jonathan, so they've always called me oh, Jonathan. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant they called you like Bob. No, or no, no. Something. I just never. It was like middle school when I started going by John. So, I see. Yeah. Well, in answer to my question, I was looking for something like Pookie or something like that. No, we don't, there's no pet names. Okay. No, it's it's very it's a very uh, no frills. All right. How about you, household. Sweet Pea? I like it. You got any of those? <laughs> uh, that one I'm going to keep to myself. You didn't. Though. You can't. <laughs> We're not editing that. No, I mean, I mean the other. Oh, the other gotcha, gotcha. All right. See, I, I don't have any pet names either, but my wife has always called me Kev. Just okay. takes out, takes off the I N, and my kids always say, "Ah, mom always says Kev." Yeah. All right. I like it. All right. Until right, next time. Okay. If you'd like to learn more about Tennessee Stands, visit TennesseeStands.org to donate, volunteer, or get more information about what we're doing to preserve liberty for the people of Tennessee. You can also follow along on all social platforms at Tennessee Stands. As Thomas Paine reminded us, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it.